Welcome back to another episode of Boys Don't Lie to Podcast. It's your boy Owen Burke O'Brazy back with another special. The last three specials all been NFL themed, all related to the NFL draft. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Today, I'm going to talk about basketball. Today, we're going to do my 2021 NBA playoff predictions. Um, you know, I didn't, honestly, I wasn't uh, super set or like planned on doing this at all, but uh, Shay had talked to me uh, earlier this week, probably when we recorded the show, when we recorded episode 14, I was like, hey, uh, the people want it. So here I am. I'm here to deliver. The people requested it. So I'm here to bring y'all what y'all want. Uh, I appreciate you guys asking for this stuff. I do enjoy making this stuff. I just, uh, I didn't think the demand for it was this high, so I, it wasn't in the plans, but I'm here. I'm excited. Um, it is the wee hours of the morning currently. Um, had to wait for the Grizzlies and the Warriors game to get over, and then also I was in Wichita all night, so it's a little late, but you know, the job has to be done, and I did on episode 14. I promised that it would be out before the playoffs started on Saturday, so... The people requested it, and the job must be done. So here we are. Um, let me first say, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're here, if you listen to episode 14, if you listen to all 14 episodes and all bonuses or whatever it is, whatever the case may be, this could be your first time listening to the show at all. If you're clicking here, I appreciate you for being here. Thanks for the listen. If you have any feedback, criticism, comments, you can get at me on Twitter, uh, Owen underscore Burke, O-W-E-N underscore B-E-R-K. Um, uh, I, th- I need to, I'm in the middle of trying to switch my account to a business account so people can DM me, um, without following me or like without me having to follow them and, you know, do all the mumbo jumbo, whatever. Um, so I'm in the middle. Hopefully I get that done before anybody decides to try to try to hit me on anything. But if you follow me, I'll follow you back. I'm not that type of person. Like I, I have no issues or any beef with that. Like I'm not going to. Oh, I don't know you like that. I'm not going to follow you back now. Like, I'll follow you back. So, um, yeah, if you have any comments, criticism, or anything like that, or if you want to see something else in the future, let me know. Uh, I'm a man of the people. I try to give you all what you all want. So if you got something you want to hear, even if it's one person that asks, if I think it's a good enough idea, I'll let it I'll let it fly. So um, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. Um, as far as the playoff predictions themselves go, to preface that, in all seriousness, do not I I refuse to be criticized for these picks because this is by far I think the most open I think I've ever seen the NBA playoffs. I don't think there's any dead set guarantees when it comes to honestly when it comes to any series. Like I'm looking at all eight of these first round matchups, and the only one that I think has a has a like a zero percent chance of the upset is probably Memphis over over Utah. Sorry, Shay. Sorry, John Morant. Love you, but I'll talk to you about your guys' game when we get there. I'm going to cover the Easter Conference first. That's the only one. Other than that, I could see upsets happening in every other spot, and I could also see all those teams, you know, the higher seeds also pulling it out. So this is by far the most open I think the playoffs have been in the last five to ten years, um, and I think it's going to make for extremely exciting playoffs. I've been super happy with the play-in tournament already. In episode 13, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I was like, I don't know. I was like, we'll see, though. You know, my opinion might change. Sure enough, it did. Gives you that game seven feel before the playoffs have actually even started. Uh, love the play-in tournament. Um, all four games were great, four or five, whatever it was. All the games were great. Led to some great basketball, some overtime basketball tonight in the the grizzlies and warriors game um and it also obviously game seven stuff is also a little bit heartbreaking you know guys you know your season does end there's one team that is going to go home completely empty-handed and not get to get to go to the dance so it gives you the kind of that march madness feel uh because that's why i remember that's what i originally compared to i was like i feel like it's kind of a college thing and then i realized that like college basketball is good so why why would we not try to incorporate it you know so we're here I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to work from the top seed down. And then um, I'll probably do, probably start in the East, do all four first round matchups. And then we'll go into the second round, go into the Eastern, we'll go to the Eastern Conference finals. And then I'll pick my finals 
my Easter Conference champs, and then I'll go down through, pick my Western Conference champ, and then I'll talk about the finals in the end. Hopefully I have enough time. That is a lot to cover, but I'm going to try to do it. And like I said, this is I'm, – I'm going by gut feel on a lot of these where I just – I'm trying to see how they're going to play out, but there's a million possibilities this year. There is – I don't think there's any dead set locks. And if Memphis did end up pulling up the upset over Utah, honestly, I wouldn't be 100% shocked, but – like I, I don't know. This just this playoff. I, I just I feel like there's no runaway winner. You know, there's no Golden State dynasty. Bronze a little banged up, so you can't be like, well, Bronze definitely gonna be in the finals. I, you know, obviously a lot of people have Brooklyn as their safe bet, but if Brooklyn goes cold for a four, five, six game stretch, they're gonna be sent home. Or you know, I could see Miami sending Milwaukee home in the first round. I could also see Milwaukee going all the way to the finals. So I just, I don't know. This is, I just, this is going to be everywhere. So these picks could potentially be horribly, horribly wrong. Let me preface that first. But I'm just kind of going gut feel how I feel about the teams themselves. Because there are a lot of interesting matchups. I remember on episode 14, I talked about the possibility of, of Russell Westbrook being able to match up with Kevin Durant again on an NBA playoff court. Obviously, that didn't happen as the Wizards did lose their first playing game, but they did slip the eighth seed. But now I completely forgot about Russ's rivalry with the 76ers when he was in OKC. So we get to see the spark of that rivalry again. So there's there's a lot of interesting matchups. That's the first one we're going to start with, obviously, Philly being the one seed in the East. Um, in this game... I've I've talked very very highly of Russell Westbrook recently. He's been on an absolute tear. Um, he's averaging I want to say like twenty four, like thirteen and twelve in his last ten games. Dude's on a on an absolute like because the triple double thing is one thing, but like in his three games against Indiana this year, which Indiana was the team that they had to play to make the eight seed, he's at, he was averaging like 30, 20, and 20. Like he's averaging a 20, 20, 20 against Indiana in those three games before they played him in the play-in. So he's been on an unreal tear all year. Um, as much as, like I said, I could see Washington taking Philly out of this, but I think Philly is too good of a defensive team in the long run. You have two Defensive Player of the Year candidates in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Well, JoJo wasn't a finalist. Ben Simmons was. So you have one DPOY finalist, one guy that was been was talked about that was in the conversation all year in Joel Embiid. And you also have a guy like Matisse Thibel, who I think is extremely underrated. Um, so that's a, that's a three-headed monster defensively. And that can uh, a three-headed monster defensively can pretty well you know stifle just about any NBA offense. You know, you match up Ben Simmons and Thibault against Bradley Beal and and Russ, let JoJo handle anything that goes inside, and I feel like the Wizards' offense is going to struggle a bit. Um, I think Russ will continue to stay hot, but I think in a seven-game series, I think the Sixers' defense is going to be the the key factor because I think they'll force the Wizards into a lot of inconsistent play, a lot of streaky shooting with how good they are on defense. So I'll take Philly in five. I think Russ will slip one game in. And like I said, I could see Philly winning this series. I would not put it out. Or I could see Washington winning this series. I would not put it out of out of the realm of possibility. But I'm going to take the Sixers in five. Like I said, I just think their defense in the long run um, is just going to shut down. Well, not shut down, but just force a lot of bad plays, some inconsistent play from the guards in, in Washington and Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor in the long run. Um, into the four and five seed, you have the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, another really interesting matchup. I have the Knicks taking the sweep in this one, actually. Um, I, I like the Hawks a lot. They've been really, really quiet all year. Um, I believe they hired Nate McMillan right around the All-Star break. He was the head coach in in uh, Indiana when Victor Oladipo was there and absolutely on a tear before he got hurt. Um, and they took off. They fired Lord Pierce. They hired Nate McMillan, and they immediately went on an eight-game win streak. I think the Knicks have been playing extremely well. I think they're extremely fired up to be back in the playoffs. I know the city of New York in general is. And I think they're going to come into this series with a lot of passion. And I just, 
They're a very good defensive team. Over they, they play as a team. I think team basketball is what really, really wins you games when it comes to the playoffs. So that's where you'll see a lot of teams are going to beat a lot of teams that just have that pure star power, more star power at the top, just because when it comes to a seven-game series, it matters about your top, you know, not not top seven, eight, nine players, not your top three, you know. So um, as good as ATL has been all year, I feel confident. But like I said, I I could see ATL winning this. I could see ATL winning in seven, in five. I see the Knicks winning in four. I could see the Knicks winning in seven. It's completely up in the air. I'm going to roll with the Knicks in four. I think they're hot. I think if they grab the 1-0 lead in New York, I think they roll it. It's just... If they come in and they're able to get the game one on their home floor, there's just momentum is on their side and they are going to roll the Hawks right back to Atlanta. As much as I love the Hawks and as much as I love Nate McMillan and how well they've been playing this year, especially if the Knicks win game one, I think momentum being on the Knicks side is going to be huge for them going forward. So if the Hawks can steal game one, I think the series goes to seven. But I think if the Knicks win game one, I think – we're we're seeing the Knicks sweep. I think uh, they're just. It's not even about them getting hot. It's just about the the mecca, Madison Square Garden being loud and hot and in the playoffs again is a, a very exciting thing. And I think I think it's going to benefit the Knicks in the long run. So, uh, moving into our three six matchup, you have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. This is probably the closest series. I think especially in the East, maybe overall in the entire playoffs, where I have no idea. I could see each team sweeping the other out. I could see each team winning in seven. I could see each team winning in six, four, five, all every possibility possible. This is the matchup where I have no effing clue who's going to win. I have no idea. I It's just completely up in the air to me. Um, as much as I love my heat, as much as I love Jimmy Butler... I think this series does go to seven. I think it's going to be the most interesting and the most fun series to watch in the first round. Um, the only series that I think will will go bat, there's two that might. Philly and Washington just because of Russ and JoJo. And I think from a basketball fan's perspective, watching CP3 and LeBron go at it in that series, the 2-7 series out west, would be it's going to be really, really fun to watch as well. But... Just overall team-wise, Jimmy Butler and the Heat look ready as ever to bounce the Milwaukee Bucks from the playoffs again. But the Bucks are also looking for revenge from getting bounced last year early. You know they they had to be sent home in the second round by the Heat last year. They're out for revenge, so that's why I think this game goes seventh series. It's just I think the Heat want it more, but I think the Bucks are a, a smidge, a tad bit more talented. Now that being said. Bam Adebayo puts the clamps on Giannis Antetokounmpo and and truly neutralizes. Like slow, I think he'll slow down Giannis very effectively if he can take that extra step and neutralize him. He can take that defensive player of the year snub and and really take that motivation into the playoffs and neutralize Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think the Heat could win in five or six. But I don't. I just I don't know. I think the Bucks are finally sick of being sent home too early. I think they're ready to try to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they are definitely not in the mindset to be taken out in the first round by a Miami Heat team. But like I said, this by far is the most open series when it comes to the first round. I could see any possibility, either team sweeping, either team winning in five, six, or seven. I have no clue what's going to happen in this series. It's by far going to be the most interesting to watch, whether you're a Heat fan, Bucks fan, or well, you could be a you could be a New York Knicks fan. I think this is by far the most fun series to watch in the first round. Um, but I'll take Milwaukee in seven in the long run. I think Giannis finally, you know, puts his puts the hammer down and and sends Miami home and gets to the second round. Um, into the two seven matchup, Brooklyn and Boston. I don't think there's going to be a lot of fireworks in. Well, there will be a lot of fireworks in this series, but not when it comes to the win-loss total. I have the Brooklyn Nets sweeping the Boston Celtics out. I think Jason Tatum is going to have a series of a lifetime, but I don't think he's going to be able to slip a game, honestly, um, because it's just it's one of those things where. Yes, Jason Tatum's been on a tear. Yes, he put up 50 on the Wizards to get that seven seed spot, but. 
as good as Jason Tatum is, Kevin Durant is better. And as good as Jason Tatum is, Kyrie Irving is is right there. James Harden is right there. You know, the, the Nets just have three guys that can do exactly what Jason Tatum can do night in, night out. With no Jalen Brown, they, they're going to be very – and also you have – oh, no, no, no. I was about to say Anis Cantor. I forgot he's in Portland. Um, just – I just – as much as I love Tatum, and there's a solid possibility they do slip a game and this the Nets win 4-1 instead of 4-0, uh, my gut says, you know, sweeps happen. You know, you have to pick a couple sweeps in the first round because it's inevitable. I think Brooklyn comes into this. They're not here to play games. I think they sweep Boston out of the first round, um, and that moves us into the second round. Uh, so you have the one seed Philadelphia 76ers matching off with division rival, the four seed New York Knicks. Um going to be another really fun game to watch the Knicks and the 76ers naturally hate each other being so close together and being that they play each other I don't know how many times they played each other this year but usually division rivals play eight games a year so usually those those teams are very very familiar with each other um again I love what the Knicks are doing and as much as I talked them up about their first round matchup against ATL I think Philly's defense is going to suffocate them now granted the Knicks defense is very good with Tom Thibodeau as well but I think Philly's defense is better. You know, like if if both of you guys have if both teams have the same strengths, you're both really good at defense. I have to lean towards the team that has the better defense. You know, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I think Julius Randle is going to have a, a decent series, but I think Joel Embiid is going to massively, massively put. I wouldn't say put the clamps on on Julius Randle, but. I think his miraculous MIP season in New York is going to come to an end here. I'm going to take Philly in a sweep. Um, I could see the Knicks winning in six or seven. I could see Philly stretching it out winning in six or seven. I have no idea. I know I'm, I'm going to trust me. If that's annoying to you, the, you know, me saying that this is wide open and I don't know what's going to happen, stop the <laughs> stop the episode and turn it off because I'll probably say it a lot more just because it's truly, I, I really just, I don't know. I'm going with my gut feeling on it. I think Philly sweeps the Knicks out. And who else but Philly, right? Like, out of all the teams that are going to send the Knicks packing, especially send the Knicks packing in a sweep, there's only one other team that the Knicks fans would hate more than going out to the Sixers, and that would be the Celtics, and they didn't make it out of the first. Well, actually, that's a complete lie. It would be Boston, but... I don't think they're going to get a chance to play Boston. Now, if they were to beat Philly, I think that does line up an eventual Boston, an eventual Brooklyn-New York matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you want to talk about what's best for business, what's going to bring the numbers, what's going to bring the ticket sales, the, the TV ratings and everything. A seven-game series between the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals would definitely be that series. But I don't think they can get past the Sixers. I think Joel Embiid is... Also, very sick of being sent home in the second round. He's ready to make his first Easter Conference Finals. Uh, the Sixers are the one seed for a reason. I think their defense is going to get them to the Easter Conference Finals this year for the first time. And I want to say since AI, I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. I think it might be the first time they made the Easter Conference Finals since AI was playing back in 01. So... Into our next matchup, you have obviously the three-seed Milwaukee Bucks versus the two-seed Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to take Brooklyn in six here. Like I said, as much as I talked up Giannis in round one, I think Brooklyn's offense is just too talented. It's just, if they're clicking on all cylinders, they are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. A force to be reckoned with is an understatement. Um, so I think... Uh, Brooklyn takes it in six. Uh, you'll see a lot of fireworks. I think Giannis is going to give everything he possibly has, but it's just just, just luck of the draw. It's bad luck. You, you had to go to seven to take Miami and Jimmy Butler out, and then you run into the most powerful offense that we've seen in the last five to 10, 15, 20, maybe even ever. I just... The, the Nets offense and that three-headed monster, and they remain to still have a decent amount of depth. Mike James is playing out of his mind. DeAndre Jordan's playing uh, pretty well down the stretch. They just, I, I think, you still have Joe Harris off the bench as well. It's just Brooklyn. Brooklyn's just too top-heavy, but also too deep at the same time. So I'll take Brooklyn in six. 
which sets up our eventual matchup of the one and the two seed in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's both of the team's first Eastern Conference Finals bid in a very, very long time. Um, the Sixers' defense has got them this far. I just talked about how good their defense is. That's why they're in the Eastern Conference Finals in the first place. But what did I talk about most recently? The Nets' offense is just too good. Now, again, there's a possibility Philly takes it in six. Philly takes it in seven. Philly takes it in five. I don't know. There's a chance that Brooklyn doesn't make the Eastern Conference Finals. I have no idea. But my heart says Brooklyn in six. A lot of fireworks in this series. It's going to be a very, very fun one to watch. Probably be just about second when it comes to the Eastern Conference matchups behind Milwaukee and Miami in the first round. Um... JoJo, I think, is going to have a heyday against them. Uh, But it's just the two-for-three game just doesn't work out in the long run. The Sixers are not the best three-point shooting team in the league. With, obviously, their three best players, JoJo's the best three-point shooter out of him, Thibel, and and Ben Simmons. When you look at the other side, and I were to rank all top six guys, obviously adding KD, Kyrie, and Harden, it's one, two, three on the Nets, then JoJo, and then, you know, so it's just... When, when it comes to football, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Ask the Chiefs that. They know that better than anybody after the Super Bowl this year. But in basketball, defense wins games, offense wins championships. It's just when a team can just outscore you, that's all it is. You know, If they let up 120, it doesn't matter. They'll go score 125, 130. So... I'll take the Nets in six. They're going to make the Easter Con- or they're going to make the finals. They will be the your Easter Conference champions. Um, realistically, I think Philly has a shot to be the Easter Conference champs. I think the Knicks have a chance to be your Easter Conference champs. I think Milwaukee. I think Miami, and I think Brooklyn. That is five of the eight teams in the Easter Conference that I think have a realistic chance to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. So. Just about as wide open as it can get. I don't see Washington making it all the way there. I don't see Atlanta making it all the way, and I don't see Boston making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the other five teams, very, very much in the hunt. This is going to be the most exciting playoff. We already had the play-in tournament, like I said, and it was it was the Game 7 field, the most exciting basketball that we've been able to watch all year. These playoffs are just going to ratchet it up to the next level. I think uh, if people will actually turn on their TV sets, this is the most exciting playoff basketball we've gotten in the last five years. When it comes to stuff that's outside of the finals, outside of Braun and Steph dueling in Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State, L.A., Golden, you know, whatever matchup you want to pick that's been the most electric, there is a lot of lot of electric matchups that are going to happen in the in the Eastern Conference, let alone even in the first round as well. So, so I have Brooklyn representing the Eastern Conference. Now we'll move into the West. Um, starting off with your one seed, eight seed matchup, John Morant had a amazing game against Steph Curry and the Warriors. I think he finished with thirty five five and five. Um, Steph played a great game as well. It's just the one man army eventually does fall, and Dylan Brooks played out of his mind defensively and was able to. I wouldn't say hold Steph, but he held him to an inconsistent inefficient night you know Steph struggled from the field early he was seven for 20 to start the game definitely not where you want to be as you're the best shooter in NBA history they did good to battle back in the second half because they were down 10 most of the time when I was looking at the box score when I was at the baseball game tonight but you know all of a sudden five minutes later after I checked it bam they're tie game Steph hits two free throws we got a tie game in a minute um I don't like how the Grizzlies ended the ended the first half or ended the end of the game. Uh, they were tie ball game. They had the ball with like forty seconds left, and they wind the shot clock down. No timeout. They each team had a timeout. No timeouts were taken, and they just winded the clock down and then gave the ball to Steph with like five seconds left. I was like, "You are lucky he didn't send you packing at that point." Horrible, horrible decision making by the Grizzlies head coaching staff but John Morant turned it on in overtime and they ended up pulling out the win they will be the eighth seed that's about as far as they're going to go um same thing when it comes to New York and Philly you're talking about battle of the defenses I'm gonna I'm gonna have to lean to the one that had that's just better at the thing that both teams are strong at I'm just looking at this Utah Memphis matchup and as much as I love John Morant 
It's just I can't pick out a thing that the Grizzlies do better than the Jazz consistently. I just I don't see it. So I do think Ja will cause some fireworks and steal a game, whether it be in FedEx Forum in Memphis or out in Utah. But I will take the Jazz in five. I talked about them being kind of overrated going into the playoffs, but I think the matchups have kind of fallen their way where they can make a deep run just because while I called them overrated, the teams that they're facing just aren't the matchups that that are the ones to send them home. Now, if the Warriors make this spot, honestly, I'm probably taking the Warriors to bounce the one-seed Jazz out of the playoffs. But as good as the Grizzlies are, I think they will steal a game. I just I can't I can't pick them in the long run without them being consummately and consistently better than the Jazz at and anything off the top of my head. I could be wrong about that too. Don't <laughs> if you're like, well, they're way better at this. I apologize. I'm sorry. It's 4 a.m. I'm a little delirious. So <laughs> uh, our four five matchup: uh, the Clippers, the four seed LA Clippers versus the five seed Dallas Mavericks. I think this is going to be another very very interesting matchup because of their regular season games. Luca had the most ridiculous game winner I think I've ever seen in my life against the Clippers. I believe I could be wrong. Um, gonna be a lot of fireworks. It won't be as good as the Milwaukee Miami game, but it will be right up there. Um, I think Luca does cause a lot of sparks and and carries the Mavs to a win or two, but I don't think they have enough to get it done. Because Paul George has been playing so well, I think with him and the team around him being better than what Luca has in Dallas. Now, Paul Pierce disappears, or Paul Pierce, Paul George disappears like he did in OKC when it came to playoff time. The Dallas is taking this in five. Um, Dallas, even with Paul George being hot, Dallas could take it in seven. The only I, I I'm picking the Clippers in six, but I think it's because they're gonna pick up four decisive wins over Dallas. If it comes down to a last shot situation in all you know, in however many games are played, four, five, six, or seven, I will take Dallas. Luca's proven time and time again that he is one of the best clutch shooters in the league. He's hit. I want to say three, four, you know, two, three, or four, probably ridiculous buzzer beaters in his first two years in the league. So if it comes down to like a situation where it's a final shot and I need a guy to close the game out, there's nobody I'm betting on in this series more than Luka Doncic. But I think the Clippers will be able to play team basketball enough to where they will they will pack it in and and send Dallas home in six games. So. Um, into our 3-6 matchup, you have Denver versus Portland. Um, Damian Lillard is playing great down the stretch. He did a good job to get 42 wins and save a guy that bet his house on the Blazers winning 42 games this year. Um, run into Denver in the first round. No uh, no Jamal Murray, but I don't think there's going to be a problem. I think the my... I don't know. I... I I want to say my MVP, Nikola Jokic. Um, Steph, I'm not saying Steph doesn't deserve it, but if you listen to episode uh, 14, me, Shay, and Samara talked about it a lot. Uh, that's why Russ ended up being the cover art for it. Um, it's just, it's the voters. The voters have said the last five, ten years have been, if you're not winning, if your team's not winning games, if you're not a top three seed, you do not qualify for the MVP race. That's why James Harden did win. I believe it was 2016 when he had that crazy year. And I, was it 2016 maybe? I don't remember. It was a couple before the year that he won. It was two years before the year that he won. He had a crazy year, but the, the Rockets were like the sixth seed. Where they're like, well, you didn't win enough games. Your team's not good enough. Um, that's always been the mantra. I hate that. I don't like that. I don't think team wins... Like your, how many games your team wins should matter in the MVP race. If anything, it's how they do in the five, ten games that you're out. It's the wins above replacement. It's how that team plays without you. And Stephen Curry is by far, I wouldn't say by far and away, because I'd have to put Russell Westbrook in that conversation as well, and LeBron James. Uh, those are the three guys that I would talk about at that point in time. Um, so I don't like the mantra of your team has to win games to be in the conversation, but I think... If you go off what the voters have voted for in the last five to ten years, JoJo's your MVP. I think I would give it to Jokic. 
A lot of people want to give it to Steph, so who knows? I have no idea who's going to win MVP. But um, Denver, Portland runs into Denver in the first round, and I think Jokic is going to assert his dominance in the first round of the playoffs. Not going to do any of this 3-1, have to come back and take every series to seven nonsense like they did last year in the bubble. I have Denver in four. Um, I could see Portland sweeping in four as well. Um, I could see each team pushing to seven and winning. I have no idea what's going to happen in this series. There's a lot of variables. If Damian Lillard goes cold, I think the Trailblazers have a 0.5% chance of, of pulling a game out. And he's, like I said, he's been playing extremely well as of late, but all it takes is a four or five game stretch of you, even like a, a two game cold snap and two games of like, like, you know, the 20 to 25. Damian Lillard is going to have to average probably 30 to 35 to push them past Denver and get them into the second round. Um, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it. So I'm going to take Denver, and I'll take Denver in four as one of my bolder picks in, in this playoff so far. Into the 2-7 matchup, you have the two-seed Phoenix Suns are going to run into LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, who ended up as the seventh seed after winning their play-in game against the Warriors. Um Another series, I think this is outside of the Miami-Milwaukee series, obviously being a Heat fan, and I know how chippy that series is going to be. As a basketball fan, this is by far, I think, my favorite series that I'm that we're going to be able to watch. Probably two of, if not the two greatest basketball minds when it comes to players in LeBron James and, and CP3 are going to do battle. I believe... I believe it's going to be the first time that they've matched up in the playoffs ever. I could be wrong, but CP3's never made it past the second round, and Braun's been in the East while CP3 was in the Met, oh, in the West for a majority of their careers. So I think this is going to be the first time that they match up in the playoffs. I think this game is going to go seven. This series is going to go seven games. Uh, CP3 has uh, Devin Booker and the Suns playing extremely, extremely well, but. LeBron James is called the king for a reason. Uh, he is the best closer in the league. He's the most clutch player in the league right now. Is is that man that wears 23 in, in L.A.? So I'm going to pick him in that seven-game series. When it comes down to who would I rather have in a game seven, there's nobody I'd rather have right now or probably all time than LeBron James. And you can crucify me for that. You can think I not know what I'm talking about. It is what it is. I have the numbers. I have the shots to st- to, to back that up. And he hit another one against the Warriors the other night. Tie game with 100. He had been fouled and poked in the eye, you know, about 30 seconds to a minute before. Comes down. Steph laid a little bit of space. Shot clock winding down. Got to throw it up. Right there from the wing, baby. That deep shot, that deep fadeaway. It's what he does best, man. And he hit it. And that shot was not luck. Do not... Luck, oh, he's lucky he hit that. He couldn't even see the rim. Listen, man, if you can't within yourself look inside and say LeBron James has developed his game as a three-point shooter and he's developed his game as a three-point fadeaway shooter, which when I say fadeaway, I mean tough shots, tough shots that you're not usually supposed to hit, and LeBron James has not developed in clutch situations as his career gone on, you're one of two. There's two possibilities. Either you're a hater, which is probably the solid possibility, or two, you haven't been watching him play basketball. That's that's the only two scenarios I think that are possible. If you don't think LeBron James is clutch at this point, if you think that was a lucky shot, then I don't know what Damian Lillard shot against OKC was the the year before, or two years ago. It's like if you're gonna call that shot by LeBron lucky, then Damian Lillard's the luckiest man on earth, and Paul George was right when he said it was a bad shot. And I'm not willing to say that. So uh, the shot was skill. He's been. If if you don't think that Bron can hit that type of shot, go back and watch the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards game when he messed up, missed the free throw, and the the Cavs were down three. K Love with that full court inbounds pass. Catch, turn around, fade away, bank shot in, send the game to overtime. Probably the best fade away three pointer I think I've ever seen in my life. That was it's one of my favorite plays of all time by any player ever. Um, so when it comes to games being pushed to seven or series being pushed to seven games, there's nobody I would rather have than LeBron James. I'll take the Lakers in seven over the Suns. Back up top, 
Uh, you have the one seed Utah Jazz and the four seed L.A. Clippers. Uh, Going to be a really good series. Another really gritty, defensive, nasty series, I think. Um, it's really tough to pick. Uh, I think the Clippers, like I said, have been playing good basketball. But I think the Jazz are just going to get it done. Uh, I think the Clippers rely a little bit on getting inside. They have good outside shooters. They have Landry Shamit. They have PG. They have Kawhi. But I think in the long run, Rudy Gobert will make his name known. On the, I'm not a huge Rudy Gobert fan, but I will give that man his props. When it comes to guarding the rim, there is no one better in this league. And I think uh, Utah is just team basketball. I think they will steal a game early, and it's going to be more mental than anything. I think they'll get in the Clippers' heads before the Lakers can, and they'll send the Clippers packing before they get a chance to see the LA-LA matchup in the, in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I'll take the Jazz in six. But either body, anybody could win that series. So um, back down, you have the three-seed Denver Nuggets and the seven-seed Lakers coming off their upset over the Suns. Sorry, I feel bad for Suns fans. You finally make the playoffs. You end the playoff drought. And not only that, you end the playoff drought, you become a two-seed right out the gate. There's no, like, oh, we were a seven-seed, then we were a four-seed, then we were a five-seed, then we were a two-seed. It was, we haven't made the playoffs in ten years, we're the two-seed. And, of course, you ran into LeBron James in the first round. That's just horrible, horrible luck. Um, uh, Denver and L.A. match up for the second time in two years. Obviously, that was the Western Conference Finals last year was Denver and L.A., uh, LA went up 3-1 and they closed the series in 4 despite the Nuggets going down 3-1 in their first two series and coming back to win in 7 games in both of those series. Braun was having none of that. Sent him packing in game 4. They're not even playing to risk it. This series I think does go to 7 games and Denver still can't pull it off like I said. If a series is going to 7 games, I would rather have nobody than LeBron James. He's going to close it out again. A very, very physical and a very, very tough two series for LeBron and the Lakers. They have to go to seven games both times. And it's going to show, it's going to wear. Uh, Braun's not been at 100%. He probably will never be at 100% again. These seven-game series are going to show effects. The Jazz, the one-seed Jazz and the six, the seven-seed Lakers match up in the Western Conference Finals. Um, as much as I'd love to pick the Lakers here, just two seven-game series to start it out and then running into a team. I think what happens with Utah and why I have them making this, making the Western Conference Finals, is I think they play Memphis. I think they establish a little bit of confidence. They get that little bit of swagger back that they that they usually carry with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson is playing out of his mind. I think they establish a little bit of that swagger against memphis they go into la they get into la's head into the clippers head early and they're able to send them packing in six and now they're riding a lot of momentum and they're coming into this series against lebron and the lakers but it's a braun and and lakers squad that's already had to play 14 games to get to this point and haven't had a lot of rest while the jazz have only had to play 11 games to get to this point and Three games doesn't seem like a lot, but when it's playoff basketball and, and those extra games come against Denver and, and Phoenix, who are two very, very... And Phoenix is just going to be a cerebral. It's just going to be a battle of the minds. And then Denver, obviously, you have an MVP finalist in, in Nikola Jokic. Um, and also, I just think the matchups in the long run are going to cost the Lakers. I watched the end of the Lakers-Warriors game, and I'm surprised they were able to pull it out because Frank Vogel does not seem to know what he's doing when it comes to matchup-wise. The, the the Warriors are running their usual small ball lineup with Kevon Looney playing center, Draymond playing the four, and he's got he's got Andre Drummond out there for 20 to 25, 30 minutes. you got to play. Montrezl Harrell has to be the starter in that scenario. you got to go small. If a team's going to play small ball against you and try to attack you with that small ball offense, you have to respond with small ball defense and a team that's going to be able to keep up with them. And, and if it wasn't for Braun hitting that fadeaway three, that game might have go to OT, and the Lakers may have had to play the Grizzlies to get to the eight seed to play the Jazz. So I think in the long run, the the beatdown of two seven-game series and Frank Vogel's poor poor matchup making and, and decision making when it comes to the roster in LA is going to cost the Lakers in the long run. 
sounds super weird, but I'm going to take the Jazz in six. I think they represent the the Western Conference um, in the finals, and we're looking at a one seed, a two seed in the East, and the one seed in the West. The Brooklyn Nets versus the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals. Now, that sounds super weird. It sounds honestly kind of gross for me to say. I I want to kind of throw up while saying it. Because I want to say Brooklyn, L.A. I want to say Miami, L.A. I want to say Brooklyn, Dallas. I want to say Milwaukee, Phoenix. I have no idea. We just no guarantees. Uh, I know I've said that a million times, but it's it's the truth. So please do not don't think that like oh that's hundred percent what's going to happen. Jazz are hundred percent making the finals now. Don't don't take my word for it like that. It's not. I can't. I'm putting zero dollars on this playoff bracket because there's a solid chance that every single pick will be wrong. I would I would bet more money on every single pick being wrong than every single pick being right. And it's just that's just because of how close these all these matchups are. Um, so. Brooklyn and Utah make the finals. Like I said, I think Utah is wildly overrated, but when you play Memphis in the first round, I don't think that Memphis is going to be able to do much in a seven-game series against the Jazz. I think that lets them build a lot of confidence going into playing against the Clippers. I think they get in the Clippers' heads. They win that one. Now, if the Lakers can make it to the Western Conference Finals by only playing 8-10 to or 11 games, I'll take the Lakers. I think the the series goes to seven, and again, I'm betting on Braun in a seven-game series that goes to seven. But I think L.A. is going to have to fight, claw, and scratch their way to even make the Western Conference Finals, and I just think that it's going to be too much in the long run. And even if LeBron does claw all the way to the finals, if they make the finals against the Nets, I think they're going to get shellacked. And even if it's not even... That the, that the rosters are super far apart, or that bronze washed, or the Nets are too good. It's when if it comes down to Brooklyn and L.A., if it comes down to the Nets and the Lakers in the finals, Frank Vogel's not good enough coach to win. And I don't think I'm not trying to beef up Steve Nash. I don't think Steve Nash is nowhere near proved enough for me to say that he's the reason that the Nets win. I just think Frank Vogel has no effing idea how he would match up. He's gonna he's gonna try to. I I just I don't know. He I don't think he would be able to put the matchups together to try to stop the Nets offense. So even if LeBron does make the finals, I think the Nets beat him in that scenario. Um and I think Brooklyn counts their lucky stars that Milwaukee makes the second round and not Miami because if Miami makes the second round, there's a very 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 solid possibility that you see it being Philadelphia in Miami or like the Knicks in Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um Brooklyn does not want to see Miami when it comes. I don't think any team wants to see Miami. Um, It was very hard for me to pick Milwaukee in seven. I don't know. I just have a feeling that Giannis is finally going to be able to close the series. Then he's going to run into a buzzsaw on Brooklyn. Um, But Miami could sweep. I'm, I'm so excited. You have no idea how excited I am for that series. If you, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to get into basketball, or I'm really like looking for. My team got bounced. You know, I'm a Spurs fan. Well, I don't. What series should I watch? Watch Milwaukee and Miami. That series is going. I honestly think that that's going to be the best series in the entire playoffs. I don't. It doesn't even matter the matchups. I think the only matchup that would come even anywhere close would be if Washington somehow made the Easter Conference Finals and played against Brooklyn. If if Brooklyn. And Washington matched up in the Eastern Conference Finals. That one would be extremely entertaining. But I think the Nets take that easily. The only way that's interesting is just because, obviously, you get to see KD and Russell Westbrook on the same playoff court for the first time since they blew a 3-1 lead to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals in 2016. Um, So that storyline would make that series very, very interesting. But the Nets would run away with that series. I'm sorry. I love... I love Russ. I've been giving a lot of credit as of late, but I think the run comes to an end. I'm sorry, Nick. Sorry, Brendo. I'm sorry, Jake. It is what it is. All good things must come to an end. Bad things happen to good people, etc., etc. Cliche after cliche. It is what it is. Um, as far as a Brooklyn-Utah matchup in the finals go, I think Utah is the benefactor of good matchups that gets them all the way to the finals. 
but there's no such thing as a good matchup when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. I'll take the Nets in five. KD gets his third ring, fourth, third ring, I believe. Uh, Kyrie gets his second. James Harden gets the monkey off his back, and he gets his first ring as well. Uh, Steve Nash joins Steve Kerr as the short list of coaches that are benefactors of their roster. Not saying that they're either of them are bad coaches, but you can't tell me that Steve Kerr's success as a head coach isn't directly related to him getting to coach Steph and Clay and then KD for a couple of years as well. You can't tell me that Steve Nash, it's easy for Steve Nash to look good as a head coach when you have three of the top six players in the league and the three of the best offensive players that we've ever seen in this league. There, I would say James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD are all in that category of some of the best offensive minds and players that have ever played the game. So uh, I'll take Brooklyn in five in that scenario. If LA were to make the finals, um, I think Brooklyn, again, like I said earlier, I think Brooklyn would take that series in five or six just because I think Frank Vogel would flop in a matchup scenario. I don't think he has any way of defensively game. Nobody has any way of defensive game planning for the Nets, but Frank Vogel is he's needs to be fired, to be honest with you. Um after watching that Warriors game, he just why 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 are <sighs> Montrose Harrell was on a on a tear playing amazing and then I get Andre Drummond might be better than him if you if you think that way or whatnot, but you can't tell me that he should that Andre Drummond should have started and then got more minutes than Montrezl Harrell against the small ball Warriors lineup. If Andre Drummond got switched out onto Steph, which I'm sure he did earlier on in the game when I didn't see, he probably got toasted just like Rudy Gobert used to do when they when he used to switch out. And I'm sure that. Um, if if the Warriors would have made it, that's why I kind of would have leaned towards them bouncing the Jazz in the first round because they, that's what Steph's looking for is that switch every time. I'm looking, give me a pick, Kevon Looney, because I'm trying to get Rudy Gobert out here. I'm going to dance around, make him dance around, and I'll put his ass on Sports Center after I drop this step back three in. Um, so that's going to do it for my playoff predictions. Like I said, if you are a fan of basketball in general, if your team is in the dance or not, even if you're a Pacers fan and you're salty because your team just got bounced, don't be salty for too long. Turn your TV on and watch some of this basketball because I'm telling you, this is going to be the most exciting playoff basketball that you have seen in the last 25 years. I, This is like... Uh, I I don't. There's no comparison. I can't put it in. When you add the play-in, I think just these the playoffs by themselves without the play-in tournament is going to be the most exciting basketball we've gotten to see in my lifetime. You add the play-in tournament, and it's just hands down, just absolutely ridiculous. So, um, if you are a fan of the game, or if you want to be a fan of the game, this is the year to do it. Turn on that Milwaukee Miami series. Turn on that Philadelphia-Washington series. Turn on that LA-Phoenix series. It's going to be great first-round matchups, and anything is possible. I think that's what makes it so exciting. Is I'm getting a massive March Madness feeling because I'm looking at this bracket, and I could see it going. I just The possibilities are endless. I, there's... This this playoff bracket is much like a March Madness bracket because I'm sure if everyone filled one out, I don't think a single person would get every pick right. It's impossible this year. So um, that's going to do it for my playoff predictions. Just the recap, uh, Brooklyn takes it in five over the Utah Jazz in the finals. Brooklyn's offense leads them to a ring. The Jazz make the finals thanks to some poor or to some lucky matchmaking. They don't have to play the Warriors in the first round. They dodge the, the, the Dallas Mavericks, and they run into a beaten-down L.A. team after two seven-game series. So they get handled in five games by the Nets in the finals. So if you made it all the way through, I appreciate you for listening. Um, please don't keep the screenshots of this bracket because it is most likely going to be absolutely wrong. But... This is what my gut tells me. This is how I could realistically seeing it play out. But there are a million other realistic possibilities that could happen. So 
I appreciate you for being here. If you made it all the way through, I appreciate you even more than if you stopped early on. But I appreciate you for clicking on this and giving a listen in the first place. Uh, Like I said, hit me up on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke. Um, Shay's been having some issues with his Twitter account being suspended and stuff in in recent times. I don't know if hopefully that gets resolved soon by the time you listen to this or a week out from this dropping or whatever. Uh, So make sure you follow me, Owen underscore at or at Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K, because um, all you know me, I'll tweet the shows out. You can DM me fan questions if you want to hear another special from me or from any of us, or if you want to hear a special from all three of us or whatever you want. Let us know if it's a good idea, which I'm sure it is. I'm sure you're not bringing me no bogus ideas. I trust you guys enough in that respect. Um, if it's a good idea, we'll do it. Uh, I can't guarantee the timeline because we all have lives and we're all very busy people right about now but we will try to get it done in a timely fashion and we will get it out to you as soon as possible so um again i know i just said it three times but thank you for being here uh make sure you watch episode 14 or watch listen to episode 14 winter go home and make sure you keep an eye out for episode 15 because it's going to be i believe we have episode 15 i think we're going to 20 and then we're going to call season one a wrap so Five episodes left, man. Uh, and there's with with such little time left, there's still a lot to talk about and a lot that we're very, very excited to bring you guys. So keep your eyes on all of our on our pages. The link tree is in my Twitter bio. So even if you don't feel like following me, you want to follow Sam instead, click that link tree, uh that link tree link in my bio. It will take you to Sam's Twitter. I think it all of our inst I don't know if we ever added all of our Instagrams. It has all the show links in there. It has my Twitch profile, has Sam's Twitter. It still has Shay's Twitter, unfortunately, which, like I said, is suspended at the time of me recording this. But all of our stuff's in there. So if nothing else, use my page to get to the links for everything else. Um, And hopefully, by the time you listen to this, I have a business account and you can DM me without following me. If Some people are a a little bit more picky about who they follow and who they don't. So if you want to follow me, ask me a question and unfollow me. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not going to be hurt any way or the other. So um, thank you guys for being here, and I will see you guys next week.